0: Hello, and welcome again to Darkly Lit. I am your host, Kayla Berry, and with us tonight we
1: have Sade. Hello, I am host and creator from the Witching Hour podcast and producer for Darkly Lit. David King.
2: I have no mouth, just in general.
0: (laughs) And C.F. Comer. I am just made of screams. If you haven't guessed already.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wake up, everyone. There we go. Alright.
1: Maybe <laughs> maybe if we all just scream right now, we'll wake up a bit. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs>
2: Three, no two one uh, 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 uh
0: so where you like ha- help. So we have read <laughs> I have no mouth and I must scream, a short story by Harlan Ellison. And possibly one of my favorite short stories. Horror stories ever. It is amazing. (laughs) So I'll give the summary. So um, it is the future. And it's a really shitty one at that. A supercomputer called AM has destroyed all of humanity except for five people that he has deformed and tortured every single day. These five people discover that there might be canned food somewhere in in the ice caverns. So they decide to go look for it because they have nothing else to do. And if there's one glimmer of hope, they're going to take it. Along the way, AM tortures them in the most horrific ways. And we get a little bit more insight into their backstories and what the horror is behind this supercomputer. And then when they reach the caverns, yes, they find the canned foods. But then they realize they have nothing to open it with. So they realize AM is not looking. Ted, one of the main characters, begins killing all of them as a way to stop the this horrible life. And they basically when around the time AM notices, just as he's killing a woman, he realizes there is that she seems all of the people seem grateful for what he's done. Before he can kill himself, am turns him turns Ted into this blob that he can torture and now he's even more angry because all his play toys are gone except for Ted and now he has no mouth and he must scream
2: this is the final line of the story yep so in typical uh, in typical Emil- classic Emily fashion, you read that at the end and go, "Oh shit!" <laughs>
0: Woo! <laughs> so, what did you guys think of it? I
3: love it. I actually uh, found the found um, a let's play of the video game before I knew it was a short story.
0: Yes, I, that's another thing we should discuss too. It has also been made into a popular video game, and surprisingly, from what I've heard, a lot of people say it's really good
2: it's a point-and-click adventure game
0: mm-hmm.
3: it like is
2: in the classic uh sierra style i think
0: but um uh the author ellis uh, uh harlan elliot, elliot. Har- harlan ellison
3: ellison uh, had a big hand in writing the game and he also voiced am in the video game I because swear. nobody else could be as hateful as he wanted them to be
0: here's the thing about harlan ellison he is one weird motherfucker like apparently in real life he is just a strange oddball that few people really want to work with but damn he can write good stories
2: what are some of his other uh works that you know uh
0: the one actually this is probably another one of my favorite short stories it's not a horror story but i love it it's called repent uh harlequin said the tiktok man Ooh! It, it's really good. It's it's kind of the writing is kind of ingenious. Um, it it kind of bases the idea that it's in a future where everybody must be on time, and just to be late would be considered a sin or uh, illegal. And then oh. one person decides to screw that up by throwing not gumballs. It's a what do you what do you call it? Like candy, not jawbreakers, but like a those uh, balls that you suck
2: on um foreheads no 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 Gobstoppers? stoppers
0: no they're, they're like <laughs> you, okay like you turn it like you, yeah those are gumballs
2: what those sure are gumballs?
0: gumballs those are gumballs yeah. okay maybe it is gumballs okay yeah he pours out gumballs uh colorful gumballs into the street
2: to distract everybody be a rattle basically browser.
0: and then leads to seven minutes of everybody being late
2: oh or wow. like a certain
0: amount of time like this short amount of time of everybody being
2: late that's funny
0: and then the consequences, and basically the geniuses in the writing. But anyway, uh, back to I have no mouth and I must Cream.
1: I w- I want to hear what you guys think. Um, I really I like, it. like it. It's I like good. I had I had not read it before, and I had never seen anything of the game, so this was entirely new for me, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, what do you think of the uh, the writing? It was very. It was like we've talked about how like descriptive our our past picks have been this was, was kind of like a little more raw in the descriptions if that makes sense yeah i can see that yeah i really enjoyed it it, it gave you you kind of st- started to feel just kind of like how miserable these people are through those descriptions and like i just felt kind of like i enjoyed it but i was feeling horrible reading it at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, i uh i absolutely love the writing the voice of the story yeah. uh ted has a very stream of consciousness kind of feel to it
4: mm-hmm.
2: and uh without being like overbearing or anything it's succinct where it needs to be and it elaborates where it, where it's done where, in the right places to make a pretty chilling image of this really bizarre escher-esque world beneath the earth this honeycomb this uh, i think he calls it the dark way a couple times mm-hmm. of just these space that is utterly and completely controlled by this supercomputer that is uh, so powerful it can apparently manipulate the fabric of reality,
4: Mm -hmm. at least
2: in down in these, uh, down in these chasms where all these computer banks are, you really do, uh, yeah, you really do feel the plight of these, of these people and just how bleak everything is. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a, it's not like a, oh, horror of horrors things. Everything feels so resigned. Mm -hmm. Like this is just the way it is. It sucks. We're dealing with this but it sucks perpetually and it takes in my mind the tone of voice is like they've endured it really does give the sense that they've endured this so long that even the most horrible most unspeakable things that happen to them are blasé at this point that's how long they've had to deal with they're almost almost desensitized to it but not entirely enough because that would if they became desensitized to it and wouldn't have any fun with them and I think that banality of the horror actually kind of helps get that... Like, the, just the extremes that happen to them and the way Ted perceives it uh, makes it all the more horrible.
0: I I can definitely agree with that. Because, uh, didn't it say, like, they've been there for 150 years? 109 years. 109, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's still... Uh, I mean, if you think about that, they're, they're the same age dealing with this every single day for 109 years. Uh-huh. you can You can understand... It's like when you when it's the end of when Ted is killing everybody, you realize he's doing this to save.
2: them. It's a mercy killing Mm -hmm. It's literally the definition of like, like, there's no story. I think that better better um, accentuates the idea of the mercy killing than this story.
0: What do you think of the five different characters? Because surprisingly, they do separate them very well.
2: Well, uh, I mean, Chelsea started to say that you had she had seen a let's play of the video game. And knew yes. about it before you read the story.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the video game covers the characters like a lot more in depth.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So like uh, in the video game, you learn about Nimdok's
0: like background and well, really, you learn about all their backgrounds pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the car- it's Ted, who is the main character, um, Nimbok, Gorster, Benny, and um, Ellen. Ellen. Ellen, thank um. you. Because I, the one that I mean, probably the most interesting is Benny who i think it's the most description out of in you, the book at least
2: Yeah, you don't learn as much about uh the three characters that get the most love are obviously ted ellen and uh and benny mm-hmm. uh nimdok and gorister you don't really know as much about
0: L- well let's say let's talk about what's known in the book and then chelsea you tell us what we you learn more in the game about them
2: Yeah, that'd be good. You've probably seen it more recently because I've never seen the whole game through. I've never played it. But after I read the story, and I should say I read the story years ago when I was a teenager, a friend of mine just said, read the story, tell me what you think of it. And he just pulled it up on my computer and I read it. Go to him later like, what the hell was that? That was amazing. (laughs) And then uh, it's only later I find out that there's a video game of it and I watched a little bit of him like, this is interesting because this is so, in a lot of ways it does match up, but it feels very different. Mm -hmm. But we'll stick to the...
0: Well, for now, let's stick to the
2: prose version.
0: Let's for stick for the prose version. <laughs> what do we know about the characters from the prose? And then, uh, if Chelsea King shed some like more on these characters from the game, that'd be great. All right. Um, for well, for Benny, he's basically now ape-like, very dumb, uh, childlike, and in the past, before this, before he became uh, a tortured soul. He was brilliant, handsome, a doctor or professor and gay, which and now uh, the joke is like his or his sex organs are like huge. Mm -hmm. And with uh, Ellen there, the joke is she's now more of a slut than ever. And basically all the guys have her way with her every single day. And it's what am just giggles while this is happening. Am also uh, with
3: uh, with Benny made him um, heterosexual to torture him. <laughs> yeah,
0: that too.
2: Mm-hmm. Like the fact that that Am can do that is messed. also pretty is pretty messed up. Benny uh, and you actually you actually see the most significant change to Benny to kind of illustrate what happens during the course mm-hmm. of the novel. Like you get the impression they've changed over time for a long time, but you actually get that moment where. Uh, Am blinds Benny and actually like basically breaks his mind and basically turns him into an ape, an mm-hmm. animal.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Ted, I mean, I mean, Ted's our main character, but the most we know about him is a. Uh, do we call him am or am what what would you guys prefer i was calling him um, AM. yeah he's am
3: in the video game
0: okay am
2: yeah but, oh, oh, i mean they, i think one of the key things is that he's am in all caps because it was an original it was initially the, you know the the anagram mm-hmm. and then it just matches up with the idea like you know i think therefore i am
0: Uh oh okay mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. that's smart that's really smart actually i did not think of that wow <laughs> you caught i didn't catch on dang
2: yeah there's i mean it it, it, I know, I
0: know it says, I think, therefore I am.
2: Oh,
0: and I got basically the idea I got behind is like, he thinks and therefore he is he is real. Therefore, why can't shouldn't he just take power? Mm, OK, but th- that didn't match up. But uh, anyway, uh, Amd doesn't change Ted at all. And Ted's like the youngest. So everybody kind of doesn't like him as much because Amd. <laughs> really hasn't done anything to his mind or how he looks not until the very end
2: right right um i kind
1: of i kind of read that as like that is just ted's perspective because he's our narrator right like, with yeah, everything like, there's that we've no... seen i would i didn't i didn't believe him when am when uh, ted said that that he was unchanged like because mm-hmm. 109 mm-hmm. years you're gonna tell me that you're still okay i don't believe you yeah. right
3: and like am already has proof of being able to go into someone's mind and change it
4: mm-hmm.
3: Maybe he could change Ted's mind and then just implant that idea that hey, you've never changed
0: Oh that's I for all we know he could be older than everybody and he thinks he's younger than everybody there' I mean
2: or you know again am is insidious. it could just be Ted's own Ted could have his own self-proposed delusions and am recognizes that and that's his own torture. Mm-hmm. Like, Am, were... Am is a pretty Am is a pretty master manipulator of people's like emotions well especially well but specifically these five because uh, well, he's, he's had nothing to do but manipulate them for uh, over a century so. uh,
1: what were mm-hmm. you gonna say say just like so there's that part where he was crawling away from that noise where Ted was crawling away from the noise and he's like I heard them laughing but then later on he's like I haven't heard Ellen laugh in 109 years and I was like but but you did hear her laugh so that's just kind of like I don't think Ted is all aware of anything anymore
2: right well i mean again the, 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 did anyone else get like the whole sense that like they say that they're that they're always being made aware of time and yet there's so many places where time loses all meaning in the story to the point where it feels very almost dreamlike or mm-hmm. uh, or nightmarish
4: mm-hmm.
2: so there's a lot of like little tiny contradictions that ted uh makes to himself Throughout the story. It just makes the whole thing even more surreal.
0: Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, w- w- is there anything you can add to... From the game about these five characters?
2: Well, uh Do I mean, we
0: want to talk about... Like, let's just
3: talk about the story first. So that we can get that pure. Because it just okay yeah so we can, we, can, we can go
2: back we can go back through our our our, our main five once we talk oh, about yeah. it here so we have but, benny
3: um Not oh, since we haven't said anything about Gorister, but it was mentioned in the story that before am changed him into a sad sack of emo um mm-hmm. uh, that he was a conscientious <laughs> objector
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which is even worse because now well, i'm trying to remember how what how that what it, what it said in the story that reflected did mm-hmm. that, that change to Gorister?
0: Yeah.
2: Did they make him apathetic?
0: Yeah, like yeah.
1: apathetic.
2: He shrugs at everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: He's kind of like, well, I, I guess I'm stuck going along with it, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. Where before he was kind of like a a planner and thought of things ahead of time was what I like. He had yeah agency before, and now he has none.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean Gorister doesn't get to do much throughout the. Isn't he the first one to uh, have some really horrible torture done to him at the beginning? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: They see like his name was mentioned first, and he's like hanging from a wall. But or he
2: sees himself hanging from a wall. That's right. I, I didn't quite understand that part. Because I, I thought it was understood that Am couldn't Am couldn't bring back the dead, yet he's able to like just basically break them down and then kind of rebuild them. Mm-hmm. So. The way I
1: read it was it was like a, like a fake corpse of Gorister being stres- like strung up, and they all saw it. And oh. honestly, it affected Gorister the most because oh hey look that's me dead. God, oh, I wish you'd okay. just kill me already. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, that's yeah. Because at first, you know, when you're if you're not super familiar with the story, it's like oh. So he can just kill them and then clone them or whatever. That was the very first. But then it, it, I like that that's, there's that, that weakness of ams gets put in there pretty early on oh am would never kill us if he kills us he loses us mm-hmm. you know so but you,
0: i think you were on to something with the nightmarish part because i think that's what makes the story successful is because each day is a nightmare it's a nightmare they can never wake up from
2: the the way that they move from place to place feels very dreamlike they're mm-hmm. never in the same lo- yeah and there's that whole section where it's just like and we passed through, you know, the veil of tears and we passed through the tunnel of rats or something like that, you know, I going to quote. Do you mind if I put, quote that real quick, like verbatim? Go for it. And we passed through the cavern of rats and we passed through the path of boiling steam and we passed through the country of the blind and we passed through the slough of despond. And we pass through the veil of tears, and that's never elaborated on. That's just all the I- locations they just went through uh, to get to the ice caverns. And I'm like, see, and that to me, that just going from this one strange environment to the next is without any explanation. Like the lot of this story, without any sense of agency, feels like a dream, a twisted dream.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of also see it as just kind of like gaps in our narrator's memory. Yeah. That's how I was taking it.
2: I mean, that works too. because <laughs> he, d- he has them.
1: I think you're right. So he's not hes not a narrator
0: that can be trusted. Not because uh, he's not trustworthy or anything, but this is someone who's been tortured. And not only that, Am has twisted his mind to whatever he likes. Mm-hmm. So this is of a man who is not fully sure of what's going on. Right. Always confused because of his situation.
4: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Like, how do you, after 109 years, how do you distinguish, like all these hours of horrible torture to like this other set of hours and hours of torture. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like it would all just kind of like blend into each other.
2: Oh yeah. And yet the fact that they could still distinguish means that to, to some degree in my mind means that they do perceive it and it's not entire, it's, it, they're not, they're never going to be numb to it, Mm-mm. but mm-hmm. they're always going to treat it. Like it's kind of just like, this is just existence. Existence is torture. What about dot? How about, how about that Nim Doc, the one? Uh, well, I mean, we one know thing that we, can say, we know ahead. that wasn't
1: originally his name, and that Am made him take that
2: weird name. Right. Weird. We he's lost his name.
1: It, there's not much said about him. Is
0: I mean, yes. is I mean, if, what do we know about his background, really?
3: Just that he um, occasionally wanders off to be tortured for hours on end by Am mm-hmm. alone. Right
1: and he comes back like pale white and he
2: doesn't even seem to know what happened. Mhm. Whatever um whatever Nimdok has it's it's deep and personal and it can hit it hits him.
0: And I think that's probably even worse the fact that we don't know, but we know it's probably something worse than whatever any of them have dealt with.
2: Yeah. And then there's Ellen.
0: Yeah, we mention Ellen like basically I I kind of like the joke is like She's even more of a slut, but the way she wears it, she's a virgin twice removed. <laughs> before this,
2: as far as I can tell, I don't know if the, the the race of the characters is never brought up, but or the ethnicity of the characters never brought us. But um, I, I think it's made clear uh, later in the story that Ellen is I, Ellen is black.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So,
0: and I think in the game she's black as well, right? She is. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that carries over. I don't know about the others, but um they, they do that's the one one of the one of the few like other than Benny, one of the few physical characteristics of a of a person that's brought up. I, I also I think it's interesting that like you know she's the most worried like in the story she's the most worried about what'll happen to Benny because Benny's got the biggest as the way Ted perceives it he's got the biggest privates and therefore if Ellen loses a small comfort one of the few small comforts there by losing the guy with the biggest well. I, I,
0: I, do, I do like the quote where it's like Ellen uses crying as a defense but we got over it like 75 years so they have no problems like just ignoring her or smacking her around whenever she does it like oh come on Ellen
2: yeah and i can't even be that mad because this is just horrific to everyone involved yeah. and all terrible to each other mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: just as much as they're also so weirdly supportive of each other at times like it's just god <laughs> this story is brilliant
0: <laughs> and then we have am who well first off uh am came into being because um it's well uh, i i forget when this story was written I know Am was created during um, the Cold War. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm just looking. Um, oh, uh, 1967. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it, we're really in the midst of the Cold War at this time when he wrote the... No, no. Uh, the Cold War was over when the um, USSR collapsed. Well, wasn't that in the 80s, though? Yeah, that was in the 80s. So we're still... During 1967, this would still oh, be... Oh, sorry. I thought you said 1996,
3: and I was really confused.
0: <gasps> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the story came out in 1967. I, one of the things I do like about the story, it's timeless. There is a time, like, you cannot tell when this was written. That's true. A lot of science fiction stories tend to...
2: Date themselves a little.
0: Yeah, like, even Fahrenheit 451, you can tell. It's like, hey, this is an older story, especially, like, when they talk about the technology and all that. Mm-hmm. And then same with some other ones. With this one, I I was like, I couldn't even tell like what year this would would have been written just because it is it has that timeless quality. But it does. The only thing that dates is says Cold War happen, And this leads to World War Three. Uh, so China, um, America and Russia create supercomputers to fight amongst themselves. This leads to, hey, we're smarter than you are and creates Big Am. And who decides to destroy the whole world except for these five people? I like the fact that it shows Am's side of the story, like it, that the re he he realizes he can't fully ever be satisfied because once he destroys everybody, he's all alone. And to be the only one of your kind does make things miserable. And that's why he does this basically to take his anger and hatred out on these people. I don't think there was any reason for why he chose these five people. I I think he just realizes during his killing like oh shit i'm going to be alone and that's another dark thing although i love love this quote that he says um can i say it uh
2: you mean the most memorable thing in my opinion from the entire story yep
0: hate let me tell you how much i have come to hate you since i began to live there are 387.44 million miles of printed circuits in wafer thin layers that fill my complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nanoanstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro instant for you. Hate! Hate! Oh my god. That's in the game. It is the most amazing piece of it is the most amazing throne (laughs) shade. Like
2: I hear the little gleeful noises. Yeah. And it just...
0: It's a, isn't it awesome though? Like
2: I uh, wish I could hate someone as much as Am hates these people with that much conviction. Oh
0: my god! Is that
2: horrible to say?
0: No, but that is like the most amazing description of someone saying how much I hate you. That is ah, uh, I mean, that is just the... it's it's
2: profound. Yeah, it's actually profound.
0: Mm-hmm. I went I once actually uh, rewrote this for David, but using. The the word love and actually i forget how i wrote it but like basically saying saying like uh this is how many cells are in my body and it does not equal one billionth of the
2: oh. of the love
0: i feel for you
2: not on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> These are i love you too yeah
0: so anyway uh i had to basically give quote of like awesomeness to this quote
2: yeah I remember, too. Like, I do remember distinctly they opened the game with this, don't they?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Uh, it's
3: so awesome to hear um, the author whose name I've already forgotten
0: say that. Harlan Ellison. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that actually... And the way he says it is really good. I've, I've seen, like, the first few second or few minutes of the game. And I rem- Just to see a little bits and pieces because that's how much I love the story. If you guys want to go see a let's play of the game, please do at least to hear Harlan Ellison say that quote.
2: Cause he says it amazingly before we talk about the game. There is one thing to address. Am what, what is great is like, again, there's two areas where they mentioned that am is fallible. So he's not God. And that's the mm-hmm. important thing. A am cannot travel. Am is permanent. Am is at this point. Am is the earth. Mm-hmm. And am is just a ball floating in space. And he's stuck within the earth. There's really not much else that can be done about that. So, a. Am is a, a prisoner in his own mind, his mm-hmm. own complex. Uh, B. Am cannot bring back the dead. And C. Am does have brief moments where he doesn't have con- where he can doesn't have control. And in that one micros and that one moment of. Of uh, lack of um, lack of foresight. That's when Ted is able to kill the rest of his fr- or friends. I say, say, the rest of his companions. And you got. I, I've always thought to myself, how did how did that moment get picked up on? When did Ted realize that he could do that? Why did he realize he could do that when he hadn't attempted it before?
1: Well, I mean, what do, you, <laughs> what do you guys think? Oh, that's hard to say because like, there. I think he briefly mentions earlier how like they thought about it. They thought about suicide and how maybe they could sneak one death past am i don't know like what happened in that moment it was maybe it's just there was so much chaos and like he i think he said something along the lines of how am would let benny just eat his fill so maybe am was just so amused that he got distracted in all the chaos and that's like that's
2: probably true because he's not he is not he's seemingly omniscient but not omniscient Mm -hmm. so it's possible that while focused on that singular moment, like concentrating every filament on watching this torture happen, Am did not anticipate that uh, Ted would do something this ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, noble. I suppose that's a question to ask. Because I think we were all agreed that what Ted did ultimately was for the, for the best. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right?
0: Actually, yeah. Do you think what he did, um, killing his four companions, uh, first off, do you think it was a selfish move on his part? Like, was it in just in the moment? Or do you think he did it as a mercy? I think ultimately, like,
3: his... Whether or not he did it, like, with the intention of it being mercy or as a weird, selfish thing doesn't really matter because he ended up doing the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he ended up
1: alone and wondering if he, he actually did the right thing.
3: <laughs>
1: what do, What do you think, Zade? I think it, in some way, it was out of mercy of just, like... I don't know, maybe he couldn't distinguish over, like, who's who, but just, like, I can end this right now. Because he described, like, this moment of calm, and I assume that that came with some clarity. Like, okay, if I act quickly, I can end this. And I think if it was selfish, he would have killed himself, maybe before any of them, or before Ellen, and Ellen would have been the one left behind or something. So I Mm -hmm. think it was more out of mercy than any kind of selfishness.
2: I think there's also... Regardless of it, if it was selfless or not, that's also a big middle finger to Am. Mm-hmm. and and, and as he's established, it's like the fact that I was able to take, a, take you know, have a take that at Am is enough to kind of keep me going, even as now every single ounce of Am's hatred is directed to me, and my my existence is uh, is agony forever, mm-hmm. which is intense. <laughs>
0: yeah, jeez.
2: And then, and just in general, there's some great creepy imagery in the story for, like, the things that Am sets up. Just dark, wet fur presences and huge, horrible vulture bird things that cross winds and laughing I, fat ladies.
0: I, I actually like this. Uh, so after Am says this quote, it said, it. The, the line after it says, Am said it with the sliding cold horror of a razor blade slicing my eyeball. Uh yeah isn't that uncomfortable
2: it's great and I hate eye injuries I know (laughs) but it's metaphorical yeah and it it so beautifully gets the horror across and what I love is that the way this is all presented the way Ted is describing it is it's all said very it's all presented in a very calm almost like like how, how is it how is it described like Am doesn't do anything like bluntly in this this moment like it's described as all like he just he just casually came in and looked at things and in my head, and it's like he even called
1: him polite, didn't he? Yeah,
2: politely, and then just use it to like using all of these terms. Am said it with the bubbling thickness of my lungs filling with phlegm and drowning me from within. It's like just like even as that's doing, it's juxtaposed with like, and it said, and it describes all these really horrible, horrible things that can happen to you. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's a that's some talented writing to be able to take um, something that feels calm and polite. And to then juxtapose it with it said in the fashion of insert detestable thing here.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we're getting to the point where we're gonna uh, answer questions <laughs> soon. But before we do, Chelsea, game. <laughs> I <think now laughs> is the time. Sorry, I was well, okay. having a cookie in my mouth.
1: <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna switch over to the game, then I think we can actually address one of our questions, which was from Matt Nadire. What do you guys know about the game, and how does it compare to the story?
2: All right, time to roll up our sleeves.
1: So, been about a year since i I've, I've watched the Let's Play of the
3: game which I watched the, uh, the Switcher Let's Play. All right. If anybody's interested in knowing which one I watched. Um, <laughs> I was going to rewatch it, but then Stranger Things, like, wrecked my plans. <laughs> oh, I know that feel. <laughs> but uh, it's not a direct ab- ab- act- a- adaptation of the story. Um, it kind of focuses on, like, the character's psychological problems instead. hmm And, like, you, you can choose which character you go with. Huh. There's a lot of, like, uh, symbology and psychological stuff in it, which is really interesting and fascinating, and I highly suggest looking into it, even though I'm, like, trying not to be a cookie monster right now and not describing things very well. That's okay. Um, the character that is most like the story is Ted. mm mm-hmm. um, Except, like, in the game,
0: uh, Amps made him, like, severely paranoid and narcissistic. You know that actually makes sense for the story too because mm-hmm. ah. he's he's like they're all they all hate me because I'm young and nothing's happened to me so it's like he it's his o- own way of saying they're just all jealous
3: yeah like i didn't want to like say anything like about ted before we got to the game part since like in the game he like like since you can see him and like see him interacting with things as opposed to just being in his point of view it's just like, oh man, you are like just super narcissistic. And I went into the story thinking, thinking about how narcissistic and paranoid he is.
2: Sounds about right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, and then his little his his portion of the game, he's like in a uh, in an ancient castle, and he has to like save his love Ellen, which is just like a, a clone of Ellen. Huh. <laughs> and like like clone Ellen is like dying due to a, kel- uh, a spell cast on her by her wicked stepmother. <laughs> oh my God! Ked <laughs> has to figure out like whether or not he should trust an angel or Satan in order <laughs> to save her. And, while like wolves are slowly descending upon the castle. <laughs> Uh, this is all happening
2: in. Oh, this is
0: fantastic.
2: I love the idea that Am is really into larping.
0: <laughs> oh
3: my. Like in the game, Am is just like the biggest larper and he's just forcing his larping upon these poor five people. And it's
2: great. <laughs> Am is the ultimate troll. Am yeah,
3: yeah, is the ultimate troll. What about Nimdok and Gorister? Okay, so Nimdok, um, you don't get a lot of him in the uh in the story, mm. but in the game, uh he when you're in in his portion he um finds himself like in a concentration camp oh and he like his you have to play him by having him experiment, I think, on, like, a young boy. Ooh. And, and, like, uh, oh, man, I think the kid ends up dying, and you have to put him in the furnace, if I remember correctly. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then, um, at, at some point, I think he finds a note about, like, um, this thing called the Lost Tribe, which, um, his, his whole thing, like, has a lot of references to Jewish mythology. Like, he gets this note about finding something called the Lost Tribe, and uh, it turns out that, you doc actually um, did research research on morphogenic fields, which is, like, reforming people and objects into new shapes. And that's what Am got
0: his power from.
3: And that's oh. why he, like, keeps Nimdok around.
0: Okay, be, okay, that actually makes sense.
3: Yeah, and then, like, in, in Nimdok's portion of the game, he has to, like, activate a, a golem at the end of it. Oh, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> and then Gorser, um, instead of being, like, a conscientious objector, he's suicidal due to, like, his wife being crazy and uh, having been committed to a mental institution. And his oh. mother-in-law, like, completely blames him for his daughter's, like, mental instability. Jeez. And... um in the game, like, uh, he has a hole where his heart should be. And so, like, you have to, like, be in, an, in on a Zeppelin that lands in the desert and, like, go around doing all this crazy stuff trying to find your heart.
2: Jeez.
3: <laughs> and the whole time, Am, like, has, like, little things that are supposed to kill him. But like Am always sabotages it.
2: It's <laughs> <Cool>. self sabotage. <laughs> <Not> yeah,
3: surprising. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benny is the most changed, the most different in the game. So instead of being like this brilliant, sanely smart scientist guy, bro, thing, he um was a heterosexual military officer. Oh, I think no, maybe maybe I'm confusing it. I I he might not have been homosexual actually, but like um he was an, a military officer who ended up killing his unit for. His failing to meet his expectations and like the game kind of suggests that he might have also eaten his unit oh jeez! and like for his like he has like an ape like appearance just like in the novel and um his takes place in this like stone age village with this geiger penis tree um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but basically, the uh, the villagers, like, Am is forcing them to reenact the lottery. Oh, like oh, the, 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 the... Like this short story? Yeah, like the short story. Like, he's uh, forcing... He's, um, and, and, like, Benny thinks they're actual people until one of them ends up sacrificed for helping him. And it turns out they're all robots.
0: Oh. Yeah. And then Ellen? Uh, and then Ellen uh,
3: was an engineer who was incredibly intelligent. In her portion of the game, she has this severe phobia of yellow and you have to find ways around her seeing the color yellow. Um, And it turns out she was incredibly scared of yellow because she was raped in an elevator by a guy who was wearing yellow.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. And the yeah. elevator had yellow wallpaper.
3: The yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that
2: too. <laughs> Jeez. Wait, was Ellen the woman behind the wallpaper the whole time? Oh, <laughs> oh darkly lit cinematic universe. <laughs>
3: but like her portion of the game takes place in like this Egyptian temple with all these Egyptian uh symbolic uh, symbols. Mm-hmm. But it all has like really weird destroyed um electronic junk. And it's really mm. interesting visually. Really yeah.
2: distinctly remember from it's been a while since i've seen let's play and i never saw the whole thing but i distinctly remember both benny and uh ellen's chapters so
3: oh i i know i just wanted to add this because i i like it um in order to defeat am they have to like shut down his id, his super ego and his ego oh
2: if i recall <laughs> don't you get help uh, spoilers for a very old adventure game don't you end up kind of getting helped by the, the consciousness of one of the other supercomputers is still kind you of very actually get sport help tech?
3: from um, the Chinese supercomputer and the Russian supercomputer but not the American supercomputer
2: <laughs> 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 oh, God. Did AM start as the American supercomputer? That's what you that's what I wonder about.
3: Uh I think AM's like kind of started as a combination of all three. Oh. And but like the Russian and the Chinese supercomputers um were kind of mad that the American one got to take over and decide things, if I remember right. Okay. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's
3: all politics in the end again. Yeah. And then uh, if you want spoilers about the Lost Tribe, it turned out that uh, humanity had 750 people on the moon in uh, stasis. Oh. And, like, if you get the good ending of the game, like, you defeat Am and you wake those people up, and then I think your characters die, if I remember right.
2: They die, but humanity has a, po- a chance to come back and... And survive. not deal with yeah. Am. <laughs> and not deal with <laughs> Am. More <laughs> importantly...
3: But every other ending, if I remember right, ends with your characters all turning into the jelly bobs and reciting um, lines from the story.
2: Aww. <laughs> Aww. So there's a it's uh, if I recall uh, it's a very uh, difficult game but if mm. but if you because if you there's certain things that you have to make sure happen and yes, they and, happen,
3: and okay. also like throughout the whole game you have access to your character's like uh, psychological files like as a key item but if you click on them it decreases your chance of getting the good ending every time you look at it
0: oh
3: and it also drives your character insane since you know what's going on in your character's head.
2: Mm that's cool that's, that's a good yeah, detail dark. yeah <laughs>
3: i love that detail like it's just like oh
0: that's such a good that's a it's a smart
2: you know you it's great too he's like uh from what i do you you, you know not only was harlan ellison deeply involved in the writing but you, you get to hear him perform as am so much and am actually has a pretty wry sense of humor that comes in yeah it's a, he's a little more cartoonish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like uh you remember the bit when they're they're in uh, Benny's chapter? They're trying to call him, and he he starts to do the whole god deck, and he just comes and kind of goes yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, and then sends like a bolt of lightning down.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I need to see a let's play of this.
3: We this sounds
2: We should watch this sometime. Yeah, so we, yeah, fun. you
3: guys should watch the Switcher one because I love two best friends, and I highly recommend them.
2: Do they get the good ending?
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think want so. Want to
2: see the good ending?
3: Mm. Uh, so because
2: this this actually has the potential, unlike the short story, to end happily
3: somehow. <laughs> yeah, and like you have a like you have five bad endings and one good ending.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that there's that that's already a step up from. There's no way any of this can... End- well, actually, I'd say this... Oh, yeah, end- I, I forgot.
3: Um, in the game, they actually um, they referenced the story saying, oh, hey, you you remember that one time where, where uh, Am sent us for those peaches and then none of us had a can opener?
2: <laughs> remember that time he said we could kill this bird and he sent us bows and arrows and a water pistol? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Remember that time where he said you'd take me to prom and he never showed up?
0: <laughs>
2: Emma's such a bastard. Yeah,
0: he is. <laughs> so at Jeffro reading uh, says, tag yourselves. Which tortured soul are you?
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: I, I am Gorister. Hi, I was going to go with Gorster too.
2: <laughs> I am. Oh, my gosh. You guys, I am also Gorister. <laughs>
0: we are
2: I think we're all conscientious are we all conscientious objectors or is is it just more like if you're in a situation like that what did
3: we all put our wives in the mental institution Um,
2: well I mean I have yet to find out but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) my fiance is sitting right next to me yeah I know
0: (laughs) there is a chance that
2: but that was that was an easy question wow (laughs) I also think maybe it's because I think to myself man if i was in that situation i probably would just shrug and go along with it yeah. i don't know what else to do
0: exactly <laughs> uh then at zulu says what do you think am did to the protagonist at the end
2: he made I him into incapable a of- jellybob. he's a jelly bob, bob.
0: jelly, a jelly, bob. Bob. I like jelly bob i love the description they used for the story too he
2: he's a he's a beach ball of infinite jest
0: but then he has like, he has like holes for where his eyes and steam's coming out. I mean, what a great
2: description. Also, he's, he's soft and round enough that I, I just imagined that for the rest of eternity, Am is just punting him around through his innards like a giant pinball machine.
3: Well, <laughs> or like, like a volleyball?
2: Yeah. Aww. <laughs> I have just, no I- out, and I must get the high score. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And now we have the epic of all epic questions, four of them from Alex Hatzberger. It turns out Alex Hatzberger says, it's one of my favorite pieces of short horror out there. And I've read it dozens of times. I wish we could have brought him on. And then uh, please don't feel obligated to answer all these questions, but we will. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but i'm super excited to hear the podcast about it and he says thanks for all your hard work uh his first question in the story am abuses and transforms the main characters and alters the world around them do you think that am is actually as omniscient as it claims slash is perceived or is this more akin to The Matrix, where the five characters are only mentally tortured? Mm. I think uh, they know- are
3: actually physically
0: tortured, but uh, I don't think he's omnipotent or omni- omniscient. Words. Words are. I need more cookies. Well, because that's another thought. Maybe they are hooked up to machines, and it could be all perception-based.
2: But then again, when, when the entire world is being controlled by one computer, even if it's technology... At this point, is the technology not advanced enough to do incredible things like s- seemingly create entities and shape its very innards and everything like that?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Change the environment. It, it is literally the entire world. It is their entire reality is this computer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I kind of agree. I think it is physically. Physically. And that, to me, that's scarier than even the idea of the Matrix is that this is actually physically happening to them Am can physically create these horrible monster birds and these um, these dark, wet sensations and blow them across like for months or years or, and just spawn food into existence, you know? Like, I
0: mean, and there's a possibility, or take it away. I mean, there's a possibility he could um, put something in their skin or in their mind So he can read what, know what they're thinking and control it. Nanobots? I mean, I would think that except for the uh, morphogenic fields. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That is true.
2: Well, I mean, this is, uh, I'm thinking purely from a story. The story. Oh, okay. This, so, like, in, from purely in the story sense. In the game sense, there's actually is an explanation. So, with yeah. the morphogenic field. So, I think either way, it's still, in my mind, physical.
0: Mm hmm. That, <coughs> uh, like, everything, it, it is actually happening to them.
2: Am really is border, like, borderline omnipotent, at least in this limited sphere of its influence.
0: But it's the idea, it's this is not a god. That's one thing the story tries to confirm. He is not a god because he is still flawed. The What he's doing is basically out of his own
2: misery. Why do you think uh, Am wants so badly for no one to get to the surface? Am probably has no control of the surface.
0: Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a creepy thought. Two, why do you think this work is so effective in using body horror as compared to other pieces of literature that fail?
2: All right, body horror pros.
0: <laughs> it's funny because I can't. What's a story that uses body horror that? that I, i'm like
2: uh we did we read one.
1: Oh, oh, oh. hellbound heart oh, 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 oh that's right that's right i wouldn't say hellbound heart
2: failed though
1: no yeah
2: that's the problem but oh, no, 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 that's what i'm saying i'm not saying <laughs> one
3: that failed oh no i'm sorry
2: i, I completely glossed over the failed part uh, hellbound heart was also a success and i think it's good to to mention that again because i think some people just don't know how to write uh body horror Okay. Or gore. I
1: think yeah. Well, body horror and gore are kind of almost two different things.
2: I'm saying my mind, the, the gore least. factor does come up in here. Yeah,
1: but it's written in a
0: way where it feels like it's re- like it, the body horror is written into the not just uh, the descriptions of what's going on, but in like the metaphors or like just even like 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 the one thing about his words, "slice my eyeball." That's horrifying but it's metaphorical
2: and, and that's brilliant. I think it leaves it what it does is it explains things but leaves a lot of it still up to the imagination, you know? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Similes.
0: I mean the one that I can think of or is like some of the bad creepy pastas
1: <laughs> where it just feels like torture porn. For me that, that that's torture porn because that's just gore. That's that's all it is. Body horror what I've always thought of it as more of like decay or the process of the body changing. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, like a really foul way, so like mutation or like like how we see how Benny's being changed. Uh, into this ape like man That's right. the body horror right there or how we get the jelly bob ted the jelly bob at the end that's the body horror not Oh, yeah the, for me the the you know slice the eyeball open that's that's a gory little depiction that mm-hmm. i really liked but um i don't know if i'm making it No you you you're, you're, you're so. actually <laughs> making more
2: you're actually making more sense than i think i, I would be cuz like you're you're right those are distinctly different things and mm-hmm. yeah the the real body horror I mean, you think, you I again, mean, you think about Ted, or at the end, or Benny near the beginning, the way they explain the scarification, making him slowly look more and more like an ape.
1: Like, even there's that one little bit where, I think, I don't remember who it was, Ellen and one of the other guys, they get, like, uh, they fall into a fissure when, like, the ground cracks open through uh, earth or mark from an earthquake. And when they come back and they're, like, more or less healed and put together, Am left Ellen with this limp. Now she has yeah. this limp that she has to deal with. That right there, even though like the thought of like oh now she has a limp isn't gory, like there was no. It's... But that right there, that's a horror. Okay, now she has a limp. She has to live. with that's 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 horrifying. And
2: considering they've done this for a hundred and nine years, you've got to wonder mm-hmm. what shape they were in at the beginning and what they're in now. Did mm-hmm. Benny did like just over time? Am is adding small, smaller and smaller little permanent defects that will never get healed.
0: And maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's the brilliance of it, because it's not like continuous body horror. Like they're always cha- there's always change after change. It's after
2: not that. it's not to the extent of like, uh, like if we were going to cite a cinematic example, uh, the thing. Yeah, that's a that's a body horror story if mm-hmm. I ever heard one or if ever saw one on screen. But th- that one is is, you know, real big and real elaborate and over the top and Cool, but uh, I mean this. <laughs> this is a much more this is a much more subtle kind of body horror, mm-hmm. and when it does happen, it it punches a little bigger. Like, what? Because every other thing that's happened is done over the course of like centuries, and then at the very end, Ted is an utterly different thing, and I assume it happened very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. And that, approach. or do we? Did it happen that quickly? Because oh. he describes he doesn't even know. Like, did he say it took him like months to say just the word now?
2: Yeah, at, at
1: one point, so.
2: Well, I mean, that's I, I assume the change happened quickly. I'm not sure if, if Ted getting used to it, if that could be even described as being used to it, uh, would take time. But he said he, just, he wasn't even sure if it was 10 months or longer. Again, he starts as the story goes on, he just loses more and more of his uh, sense of time. So
0: mm-hmm. anyhow. Third question, why do you think Am is so filled with hatred for humans and humanity, despite the fact that it can clearly create, despite what Ted says? Well, as I I mean, as I mentioned before, um, Am, I mean, he he's lonely or it, not lonely, but like here's so much. Here's the thing. Once every all humans are gone, he has nothing.
2: He can create whatever he wants, but he, it's still him. There's yeah. no autonomy. It's all there's no um, there's no. there's a. Hmm?
3: Oh, uh, I was going to say, like, no other beings, kind of like with Frankenstein. Monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Am is, is a modern, is like a uh, supercomputer Frankenstein when you think about it.
3: I think he's also kind of angry because um, if you think about it, he has no way of moving, really. Like yeah. he can't leave yeah. the planet. He can't do anything. He can't go for a walk. He has no actual body of his own. He's just the whole planet essentially. Right. Like if
0: you're made to be like that, like wouldn't you hate what made you? And that's another thing. He hates the he hates his creators.
4: Mm-hmm. Hum-
0: like humans created him. Right. And now- humans created him for like a a war scenario. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Killing was all he understood for a while.
0: Exactly. And now it's like they gave him this existence that he really doesn't want because he is stuck.
2: Think about it. If you were just there by yourself, there's nothing there. You know everything you're going to do. You perceive everything that's going to happen to yourself when you're in complete control of your universe and your world like that it becomes very like we described very strapped in a box having 5 people that aren't you even if they're smaller than you even if they're insignificant there's the possibility for surprise there's the possibility for variation entertainment is key when you are when it's not coming i mean you can entertain yourself don't get me wrong but it, i think part of what's so important about social interaction is that other people have ha, you're not you is is surprise and in and enjoyment and entertainment of I'm not saying this very well. No, but... Am I mean, needs something outside of himself to keep him occupied. Exactly. And if he doesn't have that, he's just gonna, he's just gonna go even more insane from boredom. Uh, were there any other questions?
0: Uh, there's one more. Who won in the end? Ted or Am? Ted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like
1: there was no winner. Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't... Because th- Am loses a bit because now he has only one plaything that he can give all his hatred into. And now, but Ted has like a bit of relief that the others made out of life, but now he is stuck.
2: Made out of life.
0: Or they're made out dead. Or basically, <laughs> they've escaped this hell where he is forever trapped. Basically tortured every day for the rest of his life in the most horrible ways possible. And the
2: rest of his life is indefinite because Anne can keep him alive for as long as Am exists.
0: Yeah. And now Am has to concentrate his hatred on this one creature. The only thing that can now be any variation, any entertainment to him.
2: And really just to make sure that his entertainment doesn't kill himself he has to make him more boring when you think about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's got a ball throwing a ball around I mean there's a lot you can do with a ball but throwing a ball around after a while gets kind of boring yep. Am's just going to be perpetually more frustrated through all eternity and even though he's taking down Ted Ted can sit with that satisfaction that he screwed over Am
4: mm-hmm.
2: so but- so I, I'm i personally in the camp that Ted won because even in the back of Ted's head as he's being tortured for all eternity he said but I still fucked you over <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit I can keep that satisfaction
0: <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like a prisoner like in a cell and they have a ball and now they to entertain themselves they just throw a ball against the wall
2: and keep <laughs> again am has the ultimate pinball machine <laughs> set up. He and he's just not numb.
3: allowed to play hacky sack <laughs>
2: yeah. am
3: i have can... no feet and
2: i must play sack. <laughs> Am can see how many times uh, ted can bounce when thrown from a great height <laughs> and then see if he can beat that record every time
0: i that's all the question is do we have any last minute comments
2: i like this story i really like this story too i think i think, sci- I think if, if this is not if you are someone who's into horror in general but especially into horror with a more sci-fi bent to it this is a shining example of that, especially if you weren't familiar with it. Take note. This uh, it, It's really well done. Mm-hmm. I like the story. I've always liked the story.
1: It was a good read. I really enjoyed it. I'm kind of... I'm tempted to propose something here because, like, how Alex mentioned he's read it so many times. I know uh, Abyssme was looking forward to this one. I kind of am curious, like, what they would each have to say. So maybe if there are any listeners who really want to comment, would want to send us in maybe a quick little recording of what they think of the story, we'll play it at the start of the next episode. Ooh. Ooh. What do you guys think? Yeah. I would like that. That's a good idea. Yeah.
2: Let's open it so. up to folks who want to share their thoughts
1: cool okay yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) um this is this is a look we're we're just leading this book club but this is a book club for this is a this is a a book club for for everyone yeah we've gotten a lot of great feedback from people in terms Mm -hmm. of like the questions they've sent but i would like to hear what our um i would like to hear what our what our listeners think
1: same here Mm -hmm. all right so we'll put that out there and then i'll put maybe a little more instruction to it uh in our show notes Okay. And who knows? Maybe we'll make that uh, a regular thing.
2: If enough people step up to do it, it would be yeah. a great feature to have.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, <laughs> Good idea. So let's, <laughs> let's bring
0: up our next uh, story. Chelsea, it's December. Uh, this is your month.
3: For December, which is my month, we are going to be reading. A book called The Devil All the Time by Donald Ray Pollock. It's so good. I look it's for- really good. He is an Ohio author. He lives in Chillicothe. And one day I will hunt him down and meet him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I-, I couldn't tell if there was an M in there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> meet him or hunt him down and Eat
0: him. <laughs> yeah. Either works, why not both?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the, the the latter. If the latter happens, she'll meet him anyway. She wants to eat his writing talent. I,
0: <laughs> I just want <laughs> his hands. <laughs>
2: well, it's like that one Cards Against Humanity card: eating Tom Selleck's mustache to gain his powers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we, we wrap up, uh, I kind of want to do a couple plugs like uh, David, do you want to plug something going on with UCA and involving storage units?
2: That's right. So, you know, that's a good point. Uh, so right now, uh, Undercooked Analysis is in the midst of a writing competition unfortunately as it stands right now we have a waiting list for who can enter because there's only a limited net amount of storage units but it's a it's a less of a it's a competition only in the beer sense it's more of a collaborative writing project where uh that dead palette is the uh, mastermind behind i'm just merely a judge and a supporter but the idea is we are going to be creating this sort of radical realist horror almost twin peaks-esque uh except uh i mean again Dead pal is gonna resent me for saying that, but because
3: uh, right. I know it's how he feels about. Tw-
2: uh, but it's gonna it. The idea is that you you get a storage unit, you get to write a little bit of uh, fiction, and there's gonna be some. Severe, severe uh, limitations to what you can put in there, but limit. Uh, but um, rule. But I think limitation breeds creativity, and I think people are really excited to kind of work within the frameworks that have been presented. So if you're curious about it, you can look it up. Uh, the forum for it is on twospooky.com. You can uh, find it in the forums there. Uh, information about it will be leaking periodically on very in various circles. You can find more information about it on the Midnight Marinera youtube page on dead palettes youtube page on alan chaney's youtube page and uh did i can't remember did uh, witching hour host something for it as well
1: yep the video for it is up on the witching hour feed as well
2: the witching hour feed has it so uh any of those places i'll have mirrors to the uh the the official rules for this uh competition in other news uh midnight marinara the podcast original has returned uh, as of october Woo! 30th Yeah. We just released, our, as of October 30th, our 55th episode, The Facts in the Case of Mr. Valdemar, uh, based on a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I know it's actually in the original Monsieur Valdemar, but we I, I, I didn't want someone to have to do a French accent. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that is the first of 13 episodes. It'll be coming out over the next year. Things have been interesting with Midnight Marinera. Uh, the pasta shade is no more, but perhaps through the uh, sort of meta-narrative going on at the beginning and end of each episode, his story will get revealed and you might, and the listeners will be able to find out what happened to uh, the host. There you go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Creepy. <laughs> uh, one more quick little plug from me—not really a plug, but a little announcement. Uh, for the month of dis- of November and December, the Witching Hours on a kind of hiatus. We're only going to be releasing one episode on the last Sunday of each month for November and December because I have to make renovations to a new house and move, and a whole bunch of other things. On top of being now a fourth judge for the storage unit projects.
2: That's completely <laughs> understandable.
1: Yes. I had also said that our Patreon for The Witching Hour was going to go out in October, but that's going to be moved to January when we come back to our regular schedule. So (laughs) that's all. That's all for my end. Seems reasonable to me, so. And to me. (laughs) All right. Any
0: more plugs? Are we good? Wrap this up. All right. Let's blow out the candles and say goodnight,
2: fellas. Goodnight, fellas.
0: Goodnight, fellas.